Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 9.35 a.m. here on the 20th of February. Alcohol risks. Thank you for joining me. Happy Monday, and today is family day across the province of Ontario, so if you have that day off, this day off, like I do, um, enjoy your day with your family, and that, so, yeah, I mean, I used to have Mondays off, you know, like a year ago. And then I was able to do a Monday morning show, which I can only do this Monday morning show because I have the day off. So I hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. And for those who have to go back to work, I'll make the best of it. It is Monday. The weekend is on its way. (laughs) Eventually it'll get here. Oh, yeah, gosh, you know, alcohol. You know, recently um, studies uh, have come out and and they they just keep changing it all the time. And, you know, now they're talking about that um, no amount of alcohol is safe. And we do, um, we do drink, and well, we drink for probably, you know, many different reasons. And that's so, now over the course of the, uh, of the pandemic, um, there is a new Ontario study suggests that there was a spike in healthcare visits related to alcohol during the pandemic. And both among people with history of problems with drinking, as well as those confronting issues for the first time. And the study shows that 22% jump in visits to physicians, including family doctors, psychiatrists and addiction uh, medicine specialists. There were people being hospitalized with alcohol dependence or withdrawal or seizures or problems like that. And at the same time, there was a 15% drop in alcohol related emergency room visits, likely because people generally stopped going to the ERs for the fear of catching COVID-19 
or overwhelmingly already stretched healthcare systems. And much of it, uh, uh, rising the hospital care was done virtually, and that suggests these services should be bolstered to help improve access for people struggling with alcohol use. And that's the other problem we have in this province. Now, and of course, it had to uh, do with that. Uh, it could be that the people who, who before would have never sought care or have been delayed in seeking care found that the change in virtual care delivery was easier to access. So that be that becomes the question of is maintaining or improving access to virtual care for alcohol and substance use an important piece of the of, of the policy puzzle, you know, in our healthcare system. Now, of course, you know, throughout the pandemic, of course, it raises a lot of stress, it raises a lot of anxiety, and um, in the cause of rising in alcohol-related health problems for those who did not have any pre-existing issues, as well as those who had already been dealing with alcohol use disorder but lacked access to inpatient addiction treatment services. Now that increased availability for alcohol during the pandemic while other services were shut down may have influenced people to drink more. And for some people that behavior will persist. Now, we all love that social drink, whether it's on the weekend, um, after work, hard day at the office, meet at the local pub or restaurant uh, with a group of friends or co-workers and, and, and you sit down and, and you have a couple of drinks, you know, gossip about the day or whatever the case may be. It's a social norm and it has been for, for, for decades. Now, myself, I, I like I don't I don't drink through the week so weekdays I don't drink I mean I have to get up extremely early in the morning and that is you know between 5 a.m and 5 30 I got a 40 minute commute and I don't want to feel lousy so what do I do I go out on a Saturday night with a group of friends to watch a sporting event. And then I binge drink. And that's two or more alcohol beverages in one sitting. So my intake of alcohol would be six or more alcoholic drinks. So now, um, you know, was it last, uh, last Sunday being Super Bowl, being Super Bowl Sunday. And, and part of the reason 
um, why I did this is because of the new studies that had come out um, about alcohol. Um, I had two beers for the entire evening of Super Bowl Sunday. I haven't had any alcohol since. So that's a week ago. Now I plan not to have any alcohol. Period. In the last six months, I have not been eating junk food. I mean, literally any kind of junk food imaginable. I have cut out of my diet. I don't eat it. I'm not a big person. I'm five foot six. At one point I weighed about 140, about 143 pounds. I now weigh 130 pounds. Cutting out of all the junk food imaginable and eating, changing my diet and eating a lot more healthier. Now, the new guide, the new guidance on alcohol used by Canadian Center of Substance Use and Addiction could help some people to consider their level of consumption due to the evidence about alcohol-related cancer and heart disease, you know, with increased use of alcohol. And the new uh, guidance says no amount of alcohol is safe. And low risk consumption amounts to two standard drinks per week. Well, that'd be eight drinks a month, is what that would be. You know, so. Is that good? Is it something that you would be able to start doing? That's 96 beers a year at two alcohol drinks per week. Now, the broader conversations about harms from alcohol uh, would foster that increased awareness, like talking to your friends and family and coworkers and, and whatever else like that. Getting help for alcohol use disorder may be fraught with barriers for some people, 
and especially if they do not have a family doctor. So compounding all that, there's a problem of access to addiction services and treatment, which are hard to access for a variety of reasons. But we have a lot of backlogs in our healthcare system, you know, throughout this pandemic and, and, and continuing and continuing today. You know, they, they you know, um, you have people looking for help with addiction and detox from alcohol. If there's a case where they need medical management, it's not always possible to start treatment immediately, and that's a shame. And we should have improved access to treatment, but the services are um, are available. It just it can just take it just take time, and it take a lot of time. Now, this is something interesting here. So the data released by Statistics Canada in February of 2022 says liquor um, authorities sold the equivalent of 9.7 standard alcohol beverages a week per Canadian of legal drinking age of 2022 and 2021. That was up by just over 2% from a year earlier. Over 25.5 billion worth of alcohol beverages were sold in that fiscal year, ended March 31st, 2021, up 4.2% from the year earlier. That was the largest sales increase in over a decade, and most of the liquor authorities uh, attributed uh, this growth to the pandemic and its impact on purchasing habits. Now, among Canadians who have previously consumed alcohol, 24% believe they, they used had increased compared with uh, was before the pandemic. I mean, what better else to, what are you going to do? I mean, you're at home. You work for one of the uh, businesses that were not essential. Boredom sits in. You're not going to work. You're not going to do anything else. So you're going to go hit the beer store. Or the liquor store. Now, those who had increased their alcohol consumption during the pandemic were most likely to report frequent heavy drinking. Adding 30% of respondents had five or more drinks in one occasion at least once a week in the previous 30 days. That was me. And at the provincial level, Ontario had the greatest increase in reported alcohol consumptions at 30%, followed by the Prairie Provinces at 27%. Oh, the largest province um, in all of Canada. I guess that would... speak for itself.
So we like to drink. We like that social. But drinking just isn't about social. People drink because they have, they're having, they're having other problems. They have other issues. Work-related issues, family issues. Maybe they already have that addiction of alcohol. Drinking too much on a single occasion um, or over time can take a serious toll on your health. And here's how alcohol can affect your body. How you doing this morning? I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I hope you had a really good weekend. I'm able to be out here this morning, Monday, the 20th of February, because I have the day off. It is what we call family day. And not all the provinces here on here in Canada, recognize Family Day. It's not a statutory holiday. It's a holiday put in by um, uh, the uh, the government um, as sort of a break between Christmas and spring break, and you know, kind of give you another added long weekend there. And and not like I say, not everybody gets it off, which is which is a real shame, you know. But um, yeah, that's why I'm able to be out here this morning and do this show. So talking about um, um, alcohol um, and the effects that it has on our body. And, you know, I talked a little bit about myself and um, about drinking. Um, it's something that, you know, I, I've really weighed, weighed upon and um for my own for my own health benefits and that and and the new studies coming out um of how um alcohol affects our body and um so you know it's like it's like junk food right all the junk food that we eat you know um, high in, high in, high in uh, sugar content and and all that stuff. I I had I have cut out all the junk food imaginable, every last bit of it. I have done that now for the last six months. I don't crave it. Now, if I could do the same thing with tobacco, you know, I'd be a lot further ahead of the game. Tobacco is just one of those things. It's, it's hard to it, it is hard to quit, and I'm trying. When it comes to alcohol, uh, you know, like a week ago, it was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. You know, beers are going to be flowing then whether you have your friends over in your house watching the big game or you went out to a, a sports bar with your friends to watch the big game. And that, so generally on weekends, you know, like a sporting event, whether it's hockey or it's football or, or whatever the case may be, whatever sports you're interested in. Um, see, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't drink during the weekdays. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I got to get up early in the morning. I got to get up between 5 and 5.30. You know, if it's not my day off, like I'm off all 
every weekend. I'm, I'm a home daily truck driver. And I'm off today because it's a holiday. So generally on weekends, you know, I would go out with friends. We would go and uh, watch a hockey game. And I would uh, drink uh, six or more alcohol beverages during uh, during the game for, for however long that would take for that game to play, excluding overtime or a shootout. So that would be anywhere from six to probably six to 10 alcoholic beverages. Binge drinking, as they call it. Prior to last Sunday. So last Sunday, Super Bowl, I had two alcohol beverages. And none since. Now, because I've cut out of all the, the junk food imaginable, I can cut out alcohol. And that's my plan and that's my goal. I can deal, I can, I can deal, you know, with one thing at a time. Right? I worked on cutting all the junk food out. Managed to succeed. Quitting smoking is another thing. It's, it's back and forth. I didn't really rely on alcohol, but we, we drink alcohol, um, for many different reasons, many different factors play play into why we why we drink alcohol. But it's something that you know I can effectively um, stop doing. So drinking too much alcohol on a single occasion and over time can take a serious toll on your health. And here's, here's how alcohol can affect your body. So with the brain, the alcohol interferes with the brain's communication pathways and can affect the way the brain looks and works. These um, disruptions can change mood and behavior and make it harder to think and clearly and, and, and move with coordination. Obviously, you know, when it comes to, to, to moving in with your, your coordination, your, I mean, your off balance, um, when it, even with mood and behavior, some, I mean, with, with people, it does affect their mood and behavior. And, and some of the reasons being is that, you already have some situations going on and it, and it could be work related. It could, it could be family related, you know, um, alcohol can bring the worst out in us. 
when it comes to coordination and, and being able to, 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 to think clearly, you know, um, even, um, your reaction times and everything is, is slowed down. That's why it becomes difficult to, um, maneuverability driving impaired. Effects on the heart, drinking a lot over a long period or too much on a single occasion, i.e. binge drinking, can change the heart causing problems, including stretching and drooping of the heart muscles, irregular heartbeat, stroke, high blood pressure. And the liver, having drinking takes a toll on the liver and can lead to a variety of problems and liver inflammations, including fatty liver, hepatitis, fibrosis, cirrhosis. The pancreas, alcohol causes the pancreas to produce toxic substance that can eventually lead to pancreatitis a dangerous inflammation and swelling of the blood vessels in the pancreas that prevents proper digestion. Now they're starting to talk about cancers. There's a strong scientific consensus that alcohol drinking can cause several types of cancers. In its report of the National uh, Toxicology Program, The evidence indicates that more alcohol person drinks, particularly the more alcohol person drinks regularly over time, the higher his or her risk of developing an alcohol-associated cancer. And even those who have no more than one drink per day and people who binge drink, those who consume four or more drinks for women and five or more drinks for men in one sitting have a modestly increased risk of some cancers. And the clear patterns have emerged between alcohol consumption and increased risk of certain types of cancers, head and neck cancer, including oral cavity, the larynx cancers, liver cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer is found to increase the risk of breast cancer in women with increasing alcohol intake. Women who can consume about one drink per day have a five to 9% higher chance of developing breast cancer than women who do not drink at all. Drinking too much can weaken your immune system, making your body a much easier target for disease. Chronic drinkers are more liable to contract diseases like pneumonia, tuberculosis, than people who do not drink too much. Drinking a lot on a single location slows your body's ability to ward off infections, even up to 24 hours after getting drunk. Add the factor in there 
of, of, of smoking. The risk of, of, of heart attack and stroke, high blood pressure. Smoking increases your blood pressure. So does alcohol. Combine those two together. And the other toxic substance that people pump into their bodies, illicit drugs. On top of that, This might be the same. It might talk about something different here. Now, they, you know, Health Canada and stuff like that, they want, they want to put warning labels on alcohol as they do on tobacco products. And they have graphic labels on, uh, on tobacco products. And they wanna put the labels on alcohol, the risk of, of cancer. The big breweries are pushing back. Well, this might cut into our our profit margins. It's all about the almighty dollar. Right? I mean, who gives a shit about everybody else's health? Right? But I will say this. Your health is on you. We have choices. And we make those choices. And we make choices every single day. Now, alcohol is a is a social norm, and it has been for decades. Even pre uh, um, prohibition, <clears throat> you know, alcohol is a toxic substance with dependence producing properties. In many of today's societies, alcohol beverages are a routine part of social landscape for many in the population. And this is particularly true for those in social environments with high visibility and societal influence. Nationality and internationally, where alcohol frequently, uh, frequently accompanies socializing. It's easy to overlook or discount the health and social damage caused or contributed to by drinking. Alcohol consumption contributes to 3 million deaths each year globally, as well 
as to the disabilities and poor health of millions of people. And overall, harmful use of alcohol is responsible for 5.1% of the global burden of disease. And the harmful use of alcohol is accountable for 7.1% and 2.2% of the global burden of disease for males and females, respectively. And alcohol is the leading risk factor for premature mortality, disability amongst those of age 15 to 49 years of age, accounting for 10% of all deaths in the age group, disadvantaged and especially vulnerable populations have higher rates of alcohol-related deaths and hospitalizations. That is just staggering. Short, short and long-term effects of alcohol, short-term, long-term effects of alcohol, sometimes effects of alcohol can be seen as desirable, such as that euphoria and increased self-confidence in, in, in lower amounts or unpleasant dizziness, vomiting, or blurred vision. Well, how many times have we had double vision? <laughs> right? Well, so alcohol, <clears throat> with the short-term effects of alcohol, uh, consumed in moderation, whatever they can, whatever they consider moderation. Okay, let's have, just have, you know, two beers a week. Is that moderate? One beer a day, maybe. Is that is that in moderation? The short-term effects of alcohol are typically safe and pleasant. Seriously? In fact, one 12-ounce tw beer is known to increase sleep time and reduce awakening during the night. This beneficial physical effect of alcohol is, is not seen when more than you know one beer is consumed. And the effects of alcohol when consumed excessive of one drink disrupts your sleep cycles and causes daytime fatigue. Well, that's why you got a hangover and, and you just feel like shit. The short-term effects of alcohol are dependent on how much alcohol is consumed and thus how much alcohol is in the blood, in the blood alcohol level. So the effects of alcohol also vary depending on the alcohol tolerance of a drinker. The effects of, of mild drinking, one to four drinks, depending on the gender and size, right? Increased mood and in, in possible euphoria, increased self-confidence, sociability, shortened attention span, flushed appearance, 
inhibited judgment, inhibited judgment, impaired, uh, impaired fine muscle coordination. So, I mean, for like, you know, like for instance, like first time drinkers, you know, um, they, they get that increased self-confidence and social and sociability. They have that shortened attention span. Right. And, and that inhibited, um, um, in judgment. So this is when injuries occur. And we see this from time and time again in, in, in younger generations. And like, you know, like when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, you know, you know, in, in school and, and, and drinking and doing foolish things when you, you, you're intoxicated and you have that euphoria, um, feeling, and we see a lot of injuries from related to um, mild drinking. More negative effects of alcohol can seen in moderate to heavy drinking, five to 12 drinks, depending on the gender and size. Sedation, impaired memory and comprehension, profound confusion, delayed reactions, balance difficulty, unbalanced walking, staggering, we've all been there. Blurred vision, other senses are impaired, emotional changes. Well, you know, we break down, we cry or, or we get angry. You know, the old, the old cliche of tears in my beer. Inability to feel pain until the next day when you wake up and you, and you realize that you need medical help. <laughs> Impaired speech, been there. Uh, dizziness, often associated with nausea. Um, the spins, you know, have you ever got so intoxicated that you laid on your bed and felt like the room was, was spinning around? Once more than uh, 12 drinks are consumed, only the negative effects of alcohol are present. So a stumbling walk, lapses in and out of consciousness, unconsciousness, amnesia, vomiting, possible life-threatening if done while unconscious, respiratory depression, potentially life-threatening, Decreased heart rate, urinating inconsistence, unconsciousness, uh, like coma, depressed reflexes, i.e. pupils do not respond uh, appropriately to changes in light, death, Effects of alcohol, long-term effects of alcohol. This is just, you know, the National Institutes of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism recommends women limit their alcohol intake to one drink per day. Now there's, and, and they're saying that men should limit themselves to two drinks per day. Yes, they are saying that no amount, no amount of alcohol, um, that any amount of alcohol is safe. They're not saying that they're saying that it is not safe. It's not. 
So what? So I mean, as, as like, what do you feel that you know? To you, okay, I'm gonna have a beer on Tuesday. I'm gonna have a beer on Wednesday, and maybe Friday. But they're saying. That women, you know, or take it per day and men limit themselves to two drinks per day and consuming alcohol larger than these quantities show the negative effects of alcohol, long-term effects. Heavy alcohol consumption can lead to brain shrinkage, dementia, alcoholism, and even death. And women limit their alcohol intake to one drink per day. There are a few long-term effects of alcohol that are beneficial. However, when alcohol is consumed in the recommended amounts, the following physical effects of alcohol are seen. Reduced risk of death from coronary heart disease. Reduced risk of blood clot. Reduced risk of um, gallstones. Lower risk of kidney stones. Reduced risk. Uh, of arthritis, increased in women's bone densities. And the negative effects of alcohol, there are more, there are far more negative effects of alcohol when it's consumed long-term in greater than recommended amounts. So there's long-term negative effects of alcohol include um, cancer, 3.6% of all cancer cases worldwide are related to alcohol drinking and and resulting in 3.5% of all cancer deaths. And the more alcohol consumed, the more negative effects of alcohol are seen. And they include increased risk of heart failure, heart disease, brain shrinkage, addiction to alcohol, dementia, stroke, brain lesions, liver damage, nerve damage, muscle weakness, electrolyte deficiencies, insomnia, tremors, depression, pancreatitis, lung disease, Loss of sexual desire, impotence, bone loss, skin disorders. We don't think about these things when we put these substances into our body, including tobacco, which is a leading cause uh, of... uh, heart disease, lung cancer, strokes. And factor in the amount of alcohol you drink every single day or binge drink on the weekends, whatever your case, whatever you do. And smoking on top of that, it's going to cause a lot of problems. I mean, it's up to every single individual 
what we do and what we do to ourselves. Your health is on you. You know, of course, we have the alcohol treatment, alcohol rehab, alcoholism, relapse signs, how to stop drinking alcohol. Unfortunately, some people can't. Alcoholics. How to stop drinking alcohol, prepare to stop drinking. Now, once somebody realizes they have a drinking problem and, and, and not the, the, the drinking problem where the glass is always empty, the next thought is often how to stop drinking alcohol. Learning how to stop drinking alcohol is not about one lesson or idea Learning how to quit drinking requires a change in attitude and thought behavior. Answering how to stop drinking alcohol begins with the commitment and the desire to quit. And that goes without saying about smoking. How to stop drinking alcohol and preparing to stop. Well, it may seem easy to decide to stop drinking one moment and simply not drink ever again. In reality, that approach isn't effective. So when looking at the question of how to stop drinking, the first goal is to, is to stop drinking and then prepare your environment to stop drinking. <clears throat> so doing it ahead of time, Set a date on which you will stop drinking and announce this date to others so you can be held accountable. Well, it's like I'm going to set a date that I'm going to quit smoking, but I'm going to keep continue to smoke up to that date. I'm going to continue to drink up to that date. I mean, it is really unfortunate that people just can't stop drinking. It, it really is. And, and when you have this disease, it, it's just horrible. But they're talking about, I'm thinking here, they're talking about people who, you know, like myself or you, maybe possibly that you're just, you're, you're, you're a social drinker. You, you have, you go out and, and you have your drinks and, you know, you're not dependent on alcohol. And why should people, so you're going to announce drink, that you're going to stop drinking and announce this date to others so you can be held accountable. Why, why would anybody, okay, so what, they're going to hold you accountable? Say, oh, I thought you were going to start drinking. You know, what, what happened there? You don't, you don't, you don't have what it takes to quit drinking. 
What are they going to label you as a quitter? You 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 get you 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 quit giving up quitting. Remove temptations like alcohol and anything that reminds you of alcohol from the home and office. Let everyone know you intend to stop drinking and don't be around those who don't support your goal to stop drinking. The same with quitting smoking. You know, don't be around for those who don't support your goal. How to stop drinking alcohol? Get help to stop drinking alcohol. And the question of how to stop drinking won't get you far without considering help to stop drinking. Problem drinkers may be able to stop drinking without much support, but alcoholics are addicted to alcohol and require help to stop drinking. Even for a drinker who has not progressed to alcoholism, he or she is much more likely to succeed um, with help to stop drinking. And that's without going without saying with, with tobacco, you can get help to help you quit tobacco. So they are, of course, places and, and people that can help a professional a rehabilitation program, self-help alcohol addiction treatment, alcohol abuse therapy, support groups, family com uh, community retails, alcohol anonymous. And the best place to start looking for help to stop drinking is at the doctor's office. And that's what we'll go saying again, any other addictions you may have, the doctor, as they can refer you to what type of help to stop drinking that suits your situation the best. Now, whenever we're mulling over how to quit drinking or whatever addictions we have, smoking or whatever the case may be, you know, um, it's important to consider the help needed to stop drinking safely. Right? So alcoholics will go through withdrawal when they stop drinking. Alcohol withdrawal can include symptoms like headaches, shaking, anxiety, and other problematic systems. And it can be fucking horrific going through these withdrawal symptoms. And that's, you're going to need medical help. Now, while with the withdrawal starts within hours of when an alcohol stops drinking, the withdrawal symptoms themselves may be the, the worst in a day or two and then start to improve, start to improve in five days. And for people uh, who stop drinking, um, withdrawal is unpleasant. For others, alcohol withdrawal can be life-threatening. All alcoholics should get help to stop drinking from their doctor 
to see if they are at risk of severe withdrawal known as the delirium uh, tremens, or they get the DTs. And the the alcoholic doctors may uh, decide to prescribe medication or recommend supervised alcohol uh, detox when the alcoholic quits drinking. When the alcoholic quits drinking. And for others, like, like, I mean, like for myself, you know, um, how to stop drinking, build a life outside of alcohol. You know, um, one of the most common causes of relapse after a person has quit drinking is continuing the same lifestyle as before. You know, if an alcoholic has the same behaviors, goes to the same places and sees the same people, as, as, as he or she before quit drinking, it will feel natural for him to start drinking. You know, again, in all those familiar patterns. And additionally, once a person has quit drinking, um, a void appears in their life that alcohol that used to fill that void. Part of how to stop drinking is learning new ways to fill that void. So focusing on sleeping, eating, and exercising will keep your body healthy after an alcohol abuser stops drinking. Making new friends and a new support system. The old friends may not be interested in supporting a goal to stop drinking and being around someone unsupportive can cause a relapse in drinking. Well, it depends on how much of a social person you are. Right? Going out seeking new friends. Or maybe they're they're already there available in the workplace. Because they're not available in the bar. Because they're drinking. Finding a new hobby. One of the great ways to fill the time Uh, Previously devoted to drinking is getting a new hobby, volunteering, doing enjoyable and rewarding activities, help to stop drinking by reducing alcohol appeal. Continuing the treatment. No one learns how to stop drinking in a day, a week. So continuing treatment puts the focus on maintaining recovery and adds additional support. Should the alcoholic have to deal with a strong urge to drink? And learning how to deal with stress in a healthy way. Many alcoholics drink in response to stress. And when they stop drinking, their way of dealing with stress is gone. Learning new ways to deal with stress is essential and successfully stop drinking. Mediation, relaxation, exercise. Do you remember, I mean, for, for people who, I mean, for people who are alcoholics, I mean, this is, is going to take a lot of time. But having the supports in place, there's always, there's always that chance of people having a relapse. It's just like, you know, um, 
drug addiction. You know, they go through the treatment programs and, and stuff like that. And they may or may not have a relapse, but some will. But then we have to pick ourselves up again and go back at it of getting that help. You know, so when, so when we have cravings, you know, I went, you know, people think, you know, you, you know, when you eat a lot of junk food and, you know, everything high in sugar and, and all else like that, because we love our sweets. Right, we love our baked goods and cookies and donuts and all the stuff that we find at the grocery store, and we just indulge in it. How do you, you know, get off of that? How do you, how do you get over this craving? You know, and you know, for the, you know, because I don't indulge in that behavior anymore. And I haven't now for six months. Yeah, I went through um, those cravings. I wanted that snack. I It's like, you know, 20 minutes after, after eating a bag of chips, now I want cookies. But I went, I, I, I just pushed myself. I just went through it. It wasn't in the house. If it's not in the cupboards, then I don't have it. If it's not in the refrigerator, like alcohol, then I don't have it. So removing anything that makes you want to drink, this can mean real changes in lifestyle, drinking buddies, pubs you used to hang out at, places where you you, you, could, you, uh, you could hide alcohol or, or did secret drinking, all need to remove when looking at, uh, or stop drinking. Okay, well, doesn't mean, you, it doesn't, for some it probably does, it's probably beneficial for like, I mean, people who are like just chronic drinkers and they got like alcoholics, they got to be at these places, but people like myself, and maybe potentially you, you know, drinking, drinking with your friends at a, at a pub, at a, watching a sporting event, stuff like that, they actually have non-alcohol beer. So more or less, they're talking about, look at you, 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 you know, you're, uh, you're, you're an alcoholic and well, remove anything that makes you don't want to drink. I mean, after you, you, I mean, going through your treatment program and everything with your doctor and detox or whatever you're doing, you know, remove those drinking buddies, pubs that you used to hang out at. Avoid situation where alcohol has served or prepared to say no when someone offers. I mean, just about everywhere you go, you know, every single restaurant, like 
got like McDonald's or Burger King and stuff like that. I mean, that's just fast food restaurants. But when you go into a restaurant, alcohol beverages are, are served. Just because, you know, your priority is to stop drinking, that doesn't mean that others know or even care. Be prepared to commit to saying no to stop drinking in public. Know who to call when you feel the urge to drink. And the huge and the urge to drink can happen at any time. So planning ahead and knowing what to do and, and who to call when it happens is a key to stop drinking. And reminding yourself. Reminding yourself of all the reasons you chose to stop. Cravings and triggers happen when these can be fought with the knowledge and experience gained through recovery. Understand that no craving lasts forever. And like I said, I went through that, <laughs> that, that craving uh, of junk foods and they don't last forever. And I know quitting smoking, I know those cravings are going away. They will go away. And even though I tried to stop before and then only pick them up again, you know, having that relapse and stuff like that of tobacco. You know, maybe I got taken one another step further. You know, maybe I have to you know, go see my doctor and say, look, you know what? I'm, I'm prepared or I am preparing to quit tobacco. I need some extra help. And there's no shame in asking for help. I was, like I said, I was able to, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, it was just simple to cut out all the junk food and everything else like that. No, it wasn't simple. Everywhere you go, I mean, you go into the grocery store, and and what do you see on on, on the ends of the aisles? And it's all on the ends of the aisles. It's all that junk food, and it's just too too easy to pick up three or four bags of chips, five or six. Patches of cookies, and and go into the and then go into the bakery and and, and get other uh, get other sweets. It's, it's just too simple. Now I walk through the grocery store and I look at that stuff. It doesn't even phase me because I went through all I went through all those cravings. So part of the part of the learning and how to quit drinking is understanding that there may be be slips slip ups and backslides along the way. These short term mistakes can cannot allow the, the derailment of the main goal to stop drinking. If a setback occurs during recovery, the important thing to do is to reach out get help 
to stop drinking. Learn more from relapse and move forward into uh, sobriety. There is no shame in admitting to a setback and there's no shame asking for help. So I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming out this fine Monday morning. Uh, it is a rare Monday that I'm out here because I'm only out here because it is a day off. It is family day here across Ontario, Canada. It's an added long weekend that kind of, you know, breaks up Christmas and in the spring break. <clears throat> and um, it's not a statutory holiday, so not everybody gets it off. But. Anyways, that's why I'm out here this morning. So thank you for joining me. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I will be back out here um, on the weekend. And I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. Uh, 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 uh. It is the last weekend of February. So Saturday the 25th at 9.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Come out back here and join me. Tune into the Trucker Podcast, FYI. I appreciate you coming on to my show. So until next Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. Take care, be safe, and thank you.